0: As you might have heard me say already, motherhood was and is the most challenging thing I've done today. After a long struggle with infertility, I had my twins at 41. Three and a half years into motherhood, and one season of my podcast later, I host like-minded, strong women on my show who share their stories and if and how they strike a balance between motherhood, marriage, work, friends, and self-care. I have no experience other than the fact that I'm struggling to keep my sanity through all the chaos trying to multitask between all these different roles, all while trying to stay in shape and be the best that I can be. We set the bar so high these days and we're all trying to be perfect. Fuck perfect. As Brene Brown puts it, imperfections are not inadequacies. They are reminders that we're all in this together. And while I may joke at times about wanting to have another round of twins, I think I'm mostly done with my two. Plus, whenever I even allude to the fact that I wouldn't mind having more kids, my friends and family are quick to remind me that I'm done. And I even get comments like, I will disown you and stop talking to you if you have more kids. Hmm, what does that mean? Okay, I'll admit it. They're probably right. I barely make it through the day in one piece. And I almost always look like roadkill by the end of the day. Although, after talking to our guests today, I think I have it easy. Sonia is a mother of four. Yes, four kids. They're five, seven, nine, and 11. She lives in Vancouver, and during the lockdown in 2020, she watched a TikTok video and decided it would be something fun for her to do. And just like that, today, her account boasts more than 5 million followers. So, of course, I was curious to know how she got into it and how she feels about being a TikTok influencer.
1: So, when I first started, these TikToks would take, you know, hours and hours to make because we, I had everybody there. I had an idea of what I wanted them to do and say, and somebody would mess up along the way and we'd have to start from the beginning. So, um, I realized quickly that, and, and plus, you know, I would get, start getting really annoyed and grumpy and, you know, and it was just turning into a really unpleasant experience for everybody. And I was like, okay, this is not sustainable. This is not healthy. Um, what are we doing? Um, and so, uh, I started um, from then on kind of um, writing more of a script and having um, a more solid plan in place for what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, actually, and this is, I think this comes as a, as a surprise for some people, but um, my daughter's actually not present um, when I film. So my kids are at school, I do my part. And I just leave spaces for her response, and then when she comes home from school, my, when my kids are home, I will do a I, I use the voiceover function, and so I'll say to so they'll you know they they they'll be sitting there having their snack, and I'll say okay on the count of three say this, and I just record it, and then we're done. And you know it takes a few minutes. They have no idea what their what the finished product is like. Um, you know it's, it's just all in my head. I, I, I create, and I produce this whole thing in my, in my mind. And, um, they actually have uh, very little involvement in social media.
0: Yes. I know. Cause they're not on it. I can, I know yeah. you, which is really cute. So it basically. Okay. So you basically you're kind of competitive, I guess. So that like it kind of annoyed you at the beginning. It's like, you want it to be really perfect. Right? Yes.
1: Yes. Perfectionistic. I, it was it, honestly, it was out of control. It was painful for everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh but then now that must be so much fun and like so your content you just it's because a lot of it's also educational you have those things on like I think you had a cookie that turns into like the moon you 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 kind of compared it to the moon the faces yes. of them, and also the flags which I thought was really cool and I was like wow those kids are smart I was <laughs> like I didn't even know those flags. <laughs> You know
1: what? Honestly, I'm learning as I go to, I didn't know any of them either. Um, but one amazing thing uh, from this whole TikTok thing is that it has connected me with a very international community. Um, so I have a lot of followers from Southeast Asia. I have um, a number of them from the Middle East uh, and North Africa, um, in the United States. So um, I have really learned about their cultures because they will comment on my videos, um, you know, they'll greet me in their languages. Or if I make a video about how to make rice, they'll be like, "Oh, in my country, we do this." And so, you know, it's been very um, educational and inspiring for me to meet and learn about all of these different languages and
0: cultures. And so it's, but it is really. I mean, social media has like bad and good, but I find that a lot of this, like you said it keeps you so connected with so many people remotely that you would never like connect with and some really interesting people. The same thing with me with the podcast. Like I get to interview people all over the world and it makes it, I always feel like a connection after with these people. So it's really, really nice. It's so
1: it's true. You know, there's a zoom culture now that was, you know, it's, that's new because of the pandemic. And so it, it's true. It does connect uh, people that I think otherwise wouldn't, um, you know, spend time together. So, for example, um, a couple of times a month, I meet, this is so random, but with a group of women from uh, Russia um, and Belarus (laughs) just for conversation, you know, they're learning English. And so I said, I'm happy to come and just spend, you know, an hour with them here and there. And um, I have learned so much from them, Um, you know, just kind of their daily life as moms, um, you know, how their experience of COVID differs from mine. It's unreal to see how strong they are. You know, they just take it in stride. They're like, this is life. They're not afraid. Um, you know, they, it's more for, to them. It sounded like it's just more of an inconvenience.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess because I guess this part of the world is we're used to much more ter- turmoil than probably the U.S. and Canada, obviously. But I find that I, after I became a mother, I stopped watching the news. It just became too damn depressing. It is, it's true. And as a mother, I mean, I find that I'm just like so dead every day. It's like, I, the last thing I want to do is turn on the news and hear like some other awful stuff. But I just feel so ignorant too, meanwhile, as well, because I don't.
1: Yeah, and I, yeah, I agree with you. And it, it, it's been really interesting as a mom, you know, what kinds of conversations to have with my kids, because they, you know, they are going to hear it from somebody. So it may as well be me telling them, you know, kind of giving them um, a more thorough picture of what's happening, you know, instead of them hearing, um, you know, snippets and then kind of making assumptions on their own. Um, I think it's been interesting trying to guide those conversations.
0: Yeah, you. but you do a pretty good job at doing these like little videos and they're actually quite, you keep them light, which is nice. You know, and I do, do your, do your kids watch you on TikTok? Do they follow you on TikTok? No, they don't. My oldest
1: is 11. He doesn't even have a phone yet and he doesn't have social media. Um, And yeah, no, they, they're, they're, they have no interest in it at this point, which
0: I'm fine with. So what, I mean, how do you do that? Because you're now on social media and obviously you really like social media. So what do you do for your kids? Do you, would, will you encourage it? How will you do it when they're on it? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I think overall, uh, like
1: you mentioned before, there are good and bad points about social media. And, um, you know, it is my personal opinion at this point as a mom of four young kids who are under 12 that um, social media is probably more harmful at this point when they're young than helpful. Um, You know, I think there is a you know, one of the things that I'm very grateful for is that I didn't really discover it until this point in my life. I am an elder millennial. I'm in my late thirties. You know, I have a strong sense of who I am. Um, You get a lot of hate and negativity, like a lot. Yeah. Every day. And it's just not normal.
0: Do you get it? I mean, you have a lot of followers. Do you get, I'm sure, I mean, you must get bombarded with some negative stuff. What kind of thing do you get and how does it affect you? Okay so everything from
1: um you you brought covid over from china to why don't you go and eat dog um so there's that kind of stuff which it doesn't happen very often but when i do read it it's like okay i, I it sticks a bit you know yeah. um and then and then there's the motherhood stuff like why don't you even respond to your kid when they're talking to you um you know how come you're not engaging with them And in my head, I want to say there are two things I want to say to that person. That actually really bothered me. First of all, my kid is not even there, right? Like I'm filming this by myself. My kid is not even there. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, But second of all, my kid talks 24 hours a day. How, why would I engage them? I mean, in order for me to survive, I have to block out 75% of what they say (laughs) to get on with my day. I'm cooking a meal right? I'm cooking a meal. I'm not going to be like turning and talking to my kid because I need to get this meal on the table. So, um, you know, I think people make a lot of judgments um, about me and my family just based on that 32nd video, uh, which is fine. I understand it's, it's, it comes with the territory. It's just part of social media. Um, but knowing that I do not want my kids to be targeted, like I am. And so for now, um, you know, before they really can make a well-informed decision for themselves, I would prefer them to just not be on it.
0: Yeah. And does it, it it must have some kind of like, does it not get you like, okay, I know I could see it it probably does annoy you because you remember it, but I mean, what do you do? Does it not kill your confidence? Okay. So, so when I first, when
1: I, this earlier on, uh, when I was kind of, still growing at the beginning um, on TikTok. I had one video go very, go super viral. And it was just me sitting in my car singing a song about motherhood and something about, you know, I'm a mom of four kids um, and I do all these things, but they don't pay me to do them kind of, you know, that was the tone of the video. And it was supposed to be funny. Working moms would get on there and start saying things like, you have no idea how hard it is for us who have moms who have kids, but who also have a day job. You know, so then all these people started, all these moms started fighting with each other. It was the stay-at-home moms versus the working moms. That killed me. Like, I was just so distraught that I had, <laughs> that the moms were fighting against each other. Like, we should be supporting each other. Whether you're a full-time mom or a working mom, you are you are a mom 24 seven that, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're working or not. And, you know, just that got me so down to the point where I didn't even want to open the app. I was afraid to open it to see what the comments were like. And, you know, people were just attacking me on all sides. Like, you know, you don't, you have it so easy, um, that kind of thing. And so it was at that point, that was a good learning experience for me because it made me kind of reflect and Say okay, what what am I doing here? Um, you know, do I want to do this long term? And if I do, I need to put some boundaries up to protect my own mental health. Um, so I kind of came up with this strategy where I decided every time I post a video now, I'll stay on the app and I will engage with the comments, the early comments, because what TikTok does is they send your video to your own followers first, and then they kind of see how your that you know those early groups engage with your video. If it's received well, then they'll send it out to the you know for you page, kind of to the broader community, and it kind of goes from there. So it's kind of like layers. And so um, for the first hour, at least, the only people who see your video are your own followers. And so they, and I have amazing followers. I love them. They're so positive. They're so uplifting. Um, you know and they're just so loving. And so I stay on for that first little while I engage with them and then I'm out of there. I don't read, I don't go back to the comments. Um, yeah. And, and, and because of this system now, I, my experience with social media and with my TikTok account is 100% positive.
0: Okay. That's good.
1: That's a good tactic. I mean, I had to, right. So, uh, do your kids know that you're like a TikTok celebrity? Um, they know that I, they know that I make videos. I think my 11 year old has a sense because um, his friends tell him about it (laughs) at school. So we don't talk much about it at home, but um, they, I think they are friends at school, tell them about it. And so they have some idea. Also, we did um, a national ad campaign for Toyota a few months ago. And so I had my kids participate in that and they knew that that was related to TikTok. So um, they were they were a part of the filming of that um, ad. OK, that's cool. And how about and how about your husband? Yeah. So like I mentioned before, when we first started, he hated being in my videos. He was like, you know, oh, do we have to do this again? And um uh, you know, it was very burdensome for him and he, you know, he, he kind of, he, he, he's a professional. And so he, this is the kind of thing that he does. not He wants to stay away from, you know, putting our public or private life um, out there. Um, but I think ever since I've, you know, the, my following has grown so large and so quickly Um, and also you know I'm having other a lot of other opportunities because of my platform you know I am able to speak on a podcast like this or um, and I'm leading a workshop um, for Aspire Girls uh, next month Um, you know there's a lot of things that are going on that I think are were unexpected um, but you know came with this platform and so I think he's recognizing that um, this is a full-time gig yeah Full time, but also a meaningful one. Yeah. You know, something that gives me um, a a space to express myself, to create and to communicate. So um, I think he has totally come around and, um, you know, he's embracing this kind of newfound career i I think i would call it that like i think if somebody asked me what i do i think i would i would talk about i would say that i'm um you know a video creator and a social media influencer i think
0: one great thing i discovered about sonia is i love the way she limits her exposure to social media she only posts two videos a week so i guess social media doesn't have to be a 24-hour job I spent hours mindlessly scrolling through social media. I even feel like I've missed out if I go a couple of days without opening it. I mean, god forbid I missed out on another one of Benever's teamy kisses. I wanted to know where does the name come from for your TikTok? Yeah, our last
1: name is Ong. It's my uh, my husband's family is Malaysian Chinese. Okay. And um, squad came from we have four kids.
0: So it's like it's like quad. But I made it on Squad. Okay, okay. Because there's there was I I squadron. So I was like kind of like you're like this military mom and like getting everything. <laughs> like, like you oh, know, that's so funny. Not not that you were actually a military mom, but I thought like you're a militant mom and you like you're on track and you're organized. So you're like you have your whole squadron. I have
1: my army. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's so funny. No, honestly, on Squadron. I had to pick that because Ong Squad was, was taken, taken on Gmail and on Instagram already. So I had to make it Ong
0: Squadron. <laughs> God, that's so funny. Yeah, but no, it was ri- because I kept on saying, and then when you said your name is Sonia, I was like, I wonder what her name is. And then you, cause I was like, where did that name come from? Yeah. And, and, you know,
1: it, it's interesting. I actually did not, I, and I still don't put my name on my social, social media. Like it's, it's, it's not anywhere on TikTok or Instagram. Um, just cause, you know, especially in that first year, I was really protecting my privacy. I was really concerned about it. I wasn't sure um, if there was danger in being so, so public um, and, you know, having young kids. Uh, now I feel a little bit more comfortable, but I mean, it's, it's, it's growing and, you know, I just haven't even bothered to change it. Um, but it, But yeah, that's, it's interesting. Um, It's been kind of an adjustment for me. I think I'm naturally an introvert. Um, So, you know, having this kind of a public stage is um, all very new.
0: Yeah, I know. I think a lot of us introvert, I mean, I'm an introvert as well. And like, so doing the podcast was something that I, you know, just felt that need to do it because after I had the kids and I mean, I I just have twins and, but I had them older. So I had them at at the age of 41. So, I just felt so boxed in and all of a sudden my life completely turned around. And I just, I was like, so surprised at how my life completely changed overnight. I didn't think it would be that much of a shift. I thought it would be like, you know, just cool. They'll just blend in with my life. But actually it didn't happen that way. So it was like. I think everybody thinks
1: that. And every time, every time a friend of mine has a baby, I always tell them it is so much harder than you think, you know, especially those first
0: six weeks. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's about survival. Okay. So you agree because a lot of people are like, oh no, you, you, you don't know anything. Wait until they turn like when, until they get older, it's a nightmare. But I personally think like my kids are three now, three and a half, almost so much nicer. That first year was hell for me. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. And then
0: having twins, I can't even imagine. I mean, I, I already didn't
1: sleep for the first year, but then you, for you, it was times two.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you, and the thing is with twins too, you cannot do it on your own. You have to have somebody with you. Yeah. But, um, and so tell me, uh, what is like, what, what would be your biggest tip for like any mothers, like, I don't know, trying to balance life and marriage and kids and everything.
1: Um, okay, I would say a, a couple things is one, you have to make time for yourself. Um, you know, I see some moms who are totally just overrun, and I understand. I get it. I mean, I've got four young kids who are just making demands left and right. Um, but there is nothing wrong with saying to them, you know, I am doing this, I'm in the middle of doing this right now, I will attend to you in 20 minutes when I'm done with what I'm doing. You know, they are going to survive. And I think in the long run, they will actually come to respect you for that. You know, that um, they're learning how to create boundaries for themselves, because they're watching you do it. So, you know, um, I play tennis a few times a week. And it's, I love it. It's for my physical health, my mental health, and um, I just, I make sure to make that a priority to um, have things in my life that I do just for myself. Um, and then the second thing is, and I've been doing this ever since I was married, and then especially since having kids, um, and this might be controversial, but I try to put my husband before my kids. Um, That's a good one.
0: I'm the worst so, awful at that. <laughs>
1: So, you know, when my husband comes home from work and we sit down at the dinner table, um, you know, if there are things that he wants to tell me about his workday or if there's something that I want to tell him, you know, obviously I've got my four kids screaming at us, all wanting to get us, get our attention. I will say to them, you need to give us a few minutes to speak to each other first. You can listen, but you need to wait. So I will have that conversation with my husband and then we will open it up to the rest of
0: the family. (laughs) That's smart though. That, that really is because it's true. I mean, we forget a lot of that. Like we forget about that relationship and it's very easy to forget it because I mean, I know for me, I'm just, I feel really bad because I'm exhausted all the time. I feel like I barely have time to like, listen to him. He comes back late. I come back late. I've got work and it's like, we're just like brain dead. All we do is just like have, at least we have a meal together and we just kind of watch TV, but we're just like,
1: yeah, and wow. that's and that's great. And honestly, I mean, what more can you do? That that is so important and I think I think if you've got that established and set up, then that's fantastic. Um, we put our be- our kids to bed really early, like 7:30. Um and even my 11-year-old, the expectation is that he goes into his room at 7:30 and if he if he wants to read for an hour or two, fine. But 7:30 is the time where everybody has to go to their room and we close the doors because that is the time that my husband and I can decompress and have time to ourselves, you know, so, um, we've kind of set up our schedule in such a way where we eat an early dinner, they eat at six, um, you know, and then we get ready for bed right after dinner. And, um, I think that has really been helpful to me personally and to my husband and my relationship. And just in terms of just, you know, helping me to kind of be a kinder mom, (laughs) having that time to myself helps
0: everybody. Yeah, no, I certainly agree with you. I, I have a, I mean, but they're young. So my bedtime for the, their bedtime is a like seven 30, but yeah, because okay. generally here people, people's bedtime is really late. Like they put kids to bed, like at 10, 11, 12, sometimes yeah. it was like, I was like, how can you function? I was like, but they, they wake up late too. They want them to wake up late. So they make them go to bed really late which I find absolutely ridiculous it's not good for their brain function but anyways yeah and I get it like you don't want to get up early I don't
1: want to get up early um so what we've told our kids is we put clocks in their rooms like digital clocks if it says seven you know if it says six you need to stay in your room (laughs) the first number if it says seven you can go down and play in the basement (laughs) So they just go themselves. I mean, your your kids are three. You kind of have to manage them as soon as they wake up. But okay. my youngest just turned five. So she can read the number on the clock. It gets a bit easier. <laughs>
0: well, that's good. No, mine, mine now, after now they've been trans, they transitioned into regular beds, obviously, for the past few mm-hmm. months now. So now it's like before that, seven o'clock, I did not whatever they could just like talk for hours if they were up, but I'm not going in there. Now yeah there's like I can hear them like hey and they bust out of the room and they're like all over the place I'm like oh god so sometimes I tell them but then there's a bit of drama when I tell them go back to your room and then with my son it's like I want him to like pee in the potty so like I don't want him to so I'm like yes I'm on the potty. so I'm like always yeah. like,
1: oh man yeah, and then you're you're gonna learn this soon like they're gonna use that potty as an excuse for everything like I don't want. I don't want to go to bed right now because I need to use. I need to use the potty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they do that sometimes. Now my daughter is still not potty trained. She's and I'm. I'm being really bad. My mother thinks I'm awful because of it. <laughs> if you listen to the podcast, there's so many episodes about me being a disgusting mother because I haven't potty trained my kids at the age of two. Anyways, but he's potty oh my trained God. now. Is that, is that an Egyptian thing where you have to potty train by two? Yeah. Even before my mother claims that my sister was potty trained at nine months. I'm like, mom, that's not possible. <laughs> like, yes, it is. I was like, I, as, as I said, no, There's, I don't think she was potty trained at nine. Oh my gosh. The whole
1: pot, the whole potty training thing, you know, it's, it's interesting how, how my, um, my kind of philosophy about it has evolved over my four kids. Like for my first one, I thought, oh, you're almost two. It's time to potty train. And we did the whole schedule, rewards, like everything. And obviously heat, there were accidents and it was like, so it was terrible. It was a headache. Um, by the, by the third or fourth kid, I'm like, you can potty train when you decide you want to do it. I didn't even bother trying. And you know what? Guess what? They just did it themselves. No accidents. You know, when they were old enough to figure out that they, that's what they were, wanted to do, they were motivated, then they just did it. it saved me so much effort <laughs> and, yes.
0: and cleanup And stress. I was, yes. I've been stressed for like the past year about it. And then after, you know, six months ago, I said, I just said, you know what, just screw it. I'm so busy. You know what if they want to shit in their pants? <laughs> five, I don't give a shit. Okay. Yes. So I was like, so my mother was like giving me a hard time every day. Finally, he did it on his own. He like like three, four, three months ago. He was like, "I want to make pee, pee in the potty." I was like, "Really?" Yeah. I was like, "Let's see where he's gonna go with this." But he actually did, yeah. and then he wanted to poop in his. And I was like, "Like it was just like overnight." I was like, "What? Well, what am I stressing?" And then I told my mother. I was like, "Mom, see, I mean, the boy did it on his own. Why the stress? I mean, we didn't need to. There's no rush." She's totally. like, "Well, thank God he did it before he turned. He went to high school." <laughs> exaggeration she's like I was like okay well not you know what I think yeah
1: I think I think Chinese people also potty train very early um, you know because they want to get rid of the diapers right so so it makes sense um and I get it
0: I just part of it that's one of the reasons why people some people do it here early because in finance it's more economical for them not to like oh for So I get that, but I don't really have that issue. So like for nappies, so I'm okay. Okay. I have to admit, I love her honesty because when I asked Sonia about her relationship with her husband, she reluctantly attributed the success of her marriage on the fact that she prioritizes him and that when he's back from work, her focus is entirely on him. She was worried that that comment would get some kind of backlash, but personally, I think that's pretty great advice for a happy marriage. My poor husband gets minimal attention these days. I'm so discombobulated most days he's lucky if he gets a shout out from me when he comes home. Because most evenings I am very comfortable hanging out on the sofa, thank you very much. And if he gets a second shout out, that's to let him know that he's hit the jackpot and there's actually dinner waiting for him today. I really hope he doesn't listen to this episode because I think he might get some ideas to sue me for gross negligence and emotional distress. gotten easier with as a mother like through through like because you have four so you have quite a bit of experience what has been easier you find and how have you changed as a mother
1: so what's gotten easier I think is as they get older they can manage themselves a lot better so for example I remember you know you, your kids are still three getting out of the house took over half an hour right and I, Here in Vancouver, like especially in the winter and in the fall season, they have to put on winter coats, boots, mittens, hats, all that. They have to go to the bathroom. I have to get them buckled into their car seats. Like it is such an endeavor to go anywhere. Um, And then you have to bring the baby bag full of crap and food enough to last the entire day in case somebody has a meltdown. Like it's so much physical work and planning. Um, my five-year-old at this point can dress herself and put on her own shoes. You know, she can get herself to the car, buckle her own seatbelt. Like it's that part of parenting is so much easier now. Um, and just being able to be out for a few hours without worrying about somebody having to go to the bathroom. Um, so, you know, that kind of thing has gotten easier over time. I would say what's changed for me as I've kind of gotten older and had more kids, is I'm so much less stressed. Like I have just chilled out so much. And um I think I honestly I think and I tell everybody this the hardest number of kids to have is one, the first one. And oh, well for you it's two. Oh I can't two. you was two. That is the hardest transition because you have gone from being single or married you know, just having no children to having a child. And that, that is just so hard. You don't know what you're doing. You're doing everything for the first time. Everything is stressful. Oh my gosh. I remember the breastfeeding was just, that was a beast. Yeah. It was, a you know, that nobody prepares you for that. And you really, every you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants every minute of the day. You don't know what's happening. You don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now Um, by number four honestly, I don't even feel a difference between three kids and four kids, you know, the, by, by then the youngest one just kind of follows everybody else and figures it out. Yeah. So in a way they kind of are more, they become more independent faster because they just following the other, the other siblings and kind of, we have a routine, they figure it out quickly. And it, that has made things a lot easier for me. And I think over time, I've just learned the kid is going to survive. Like I don't have to worry so much about having all the proper layers in winter. Like if they insist on not wearing gloves, well, then their hands will be freezing. They will have to just learn. Whereas for my first child, I had to have everything perfect. And man, that was so stressful for me. Like so stressful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. It's true. The first, the fir- I mean, for me, I always like at one point I was like, I want to have another child just to like see how much more relaxed and easy it'd be. Yeah. yeah no. No, I'm too old for that now, but, uh, and how about, how about your husband, you and your husband, how does your, does your husband, is he very hands-on father? Is he, what are the most annoying things about him and what are the best things about him? Yeah, he,
1: he is very hands-on, which I'm so grateful for. And actually I should probably recognize that more often. Um, he works long hours um, it just comes with his job. Um, but when he is home, he is a hundred percent present and hands-on. So I, um, I'm really lucky. Um, you know, my parents were more traditional where my mom kind of ran the household and took care of the kids. And um, you know, my dad kind of, their roles were just very, you know, it's, you know, their, their roles were just deeply ingrained in who they were. And um, my dad, wasn't so much hands on um, with the child care um, because his role was, you know, to earn money for the family. And so um, that was kind of, I think, my expectation going into marriage, which which I understand, because in Egypt's more like that as well yeah and so I kind of just expected that I would kind of bear the responsibility of raising my kids and running my home, um, but I was pleasantly surprised um you know kevin he that first year I remember for our first child, um he would wake up with me in the middle of the night when I had to breastfeed and he would do all the diaper changing and so um so yeah that he he has changed maybe more diapers than I have. <laughs>
0: my 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 husband didn't he's he snored the whole night (laughs) well now my husband
1: snores through the whole night that was for the first kid after that he he can he can he can sleep through anything yeah um but but that first kid was when I needed the most help so I I am appreciative of of that um I would say the things that annoy me about him he's not great at time management so you know, he, he's like, he so when, when my kid has like soccer practice or something, he's like, oh, I'll, I'll drive them. But it starts in five minutes and they're still home. So I'm like, I need to get the kid ready and then tell him you need to leave now. Here are the keys go, you know? So, so yeah, so he, he's, he's helping by driving them, but there is so much work that had to go, go into that Getting to get out the door. to that
0: point in time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah so there is some there's some because you you do poke fun at him on in your on your tiktok videos so there is kind of some truth to it to like all of your videos
1: yeah I'd say there's some truth to it but I also exaggerate it for my videos
0: for sure and, he, and my husband has a very good sense of humor so he's okay with kind of being the butt of the joke <laughs> yeah yeah my husband too like he's become like he's like okay what now what do I know what is annoying about me now but yeah no but before that I'd be like much more sensitive. Now it's like, we've been together for like 12 years. Like, screw it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But I think they, they, men all have this thing. They, they, they move at a snail pace. My husband too, all of a sudden it's like, there's the, I don't know what, and the kiss and oh by like, I need to get her now to school. Give me your, yeah. you know, it's just like, it drives me bonkers. Oh,
1: I know. And, and I mean, has, does your husband ever do the bedtime routine? Mine never does because it just takes
0: so long, like oh, an hour. I forbid him to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, get out of the room. It's like 30. I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, but I felt bad. I said, but you went in an hour and a half ago. I'm just listening. And then I have to hear after that, the complaining, Oh but yeah! It took me an hour and a half to. I was like, well, "You did you did that yourself? Like, why did?" Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's just
1: it's so inefficient that at this point I'm like, let me just do it.
0: Okay, I want to ask you my last question. What is your biggest insecurity about motherhood?
1: I sometimes, I sometimes wonder whether. I am not doing enough for them, for my kids. Um, You know, and I know, I know deep down that this is not the right way to think, but I see other parents, you know, putting their kids in tutoring and camps and, you know, all of these academic programs to kind of further their, their kids knowledge. And, you know, they want to get their kids ahead. And I have never felt that way. I, I don't know. Like I, my kids are in private schools. They go to very good schools. And I kind of feel like that's enough. Like, you know, they kind of learn what, you know, they, they, they learn the curriculum of their schools, which is very strong. Um, And I want them to kind of be in the driver's seat of their own learning. And, but I sometimes think, oh, maybe I should put them in, you know, this math tutoring camp or whatever, because everybody else is doing it. And maybe I should to get them ahead. So I think that, that kind of thinking crosses my mind sometimes that, that should I be doing more to push
0: them? I can understand. I'm not that, at that stage with my kids, but I see how everybody's doing so much for their kids. And I'm always like, what, why are you like, why are these kids like having to do like a million things a day? But you know what? And, and I, I'll have to say my mother forced us all to do a few things. Like when you we were young, like Like taking piano lessons, for example. And I just hated it. And I don't play piano now. It's like, so I think if, you know, just forcing kids to do things that they're not really naturally inclined to do, that is just a waste of money and time, like waste of our money and a waste of their time. Yeah. And I had the same experience as you were, my parents, I mean,
1: And the thing is, I understand where my parents are coming from because they're immigrants. They came from Hong Kong and they settled here in Canada. And I think they really wanted to give me and my brothers every opportunity. Um, And so same, same, like they put us in piano lessons. They put us in, it's this program called Kumon. It's like this, I think this Japanese, um, you know, math program. And, um, you know, we, they, they put us in everything and I hated the piano. But the thing is, I still play today, you know, for our church, I play and um, I, we, I, you know, I, I, we, I often sing with my kids at home, um, but I still don't know that if I had to do it all over again, whether I would go through that. Cause it was so miserable, you know, those piano lessons. And so um, I'm not really pushing any of that with my kids. And that is another great point of it. That is an insecurity for me as well. Like, should I be? You know, should I be putting them in music lessons, like,
0: you know, pushing them in these areas? Your parents give you any parental advice or like, do they criticize you?
1: Um, They don't. They don't criticize. But like, for example, during the pandemic, my dad delivered a guitar for my son and all these books so that he could learn how to play the guitar <laughs> so intense yeah exactly exactly so i think i think they do but you know they they also re- i think they also respect that you know we're busy and um but but sometimes here and there they'll be like oh maybe you should do this um i have a question for you that i've always been curious about do egyptians consider themselves middle eastern or african middle eastern okay yeah you're culturally
0: middle eastern yeah for sure sure. sure. so yeah we could we could I we should have those discussions about like motherhood in Egypt versus like yeah that kind of
1: I I find it so fascinating
0: yeah it is it's it's quite like when I first had because I wrote a book about it like the cultural I had like a bit of a cultural shock culture shock when I had the kids because there were so many things like these like you know these like these stereotypes here that people had started to, you know, like I started to like get exposed to it and it was kind of funny. It's kind of funny, I guess. To me, it was like, kind of like, that's odd. I mean, I understand the culture and I've lived all my life here, but it just was a little bit more than I had imagined. You know what I mean? I always thought it was just like this kind of myth thing, but some people really believe in a lot of the weird things here. Yeah. Did you, was your schooling all in English? Yeah. In French I was at a French school and then I went to an American high school. And then I went to college in the States. You went to college in the States? Yeah. So so I understand both cultures, but I'm definitely much more culturally inclined to Egypt obviously because I lived here all my life and so. Yeah. But yeah, I'm 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 different here as well. So it's kind mm. of you know that identity crisis. I'm a little bit like in between.
1: Yeah, I get it. And but but it also gives you so much opportunity to connect with people internationally because you have lived abroad um, yeah. you speak perfect English so it's, it's a
0: blessing too okay great thank you so much Sonia and good luck with your whole I'm, I'm probably going to get on TikTok just so I can be okay. I, I,
1: oh that's okay I post the videos I post a bunch of them on IG
0: anyway yeah, yeah. I love them they're so cute oh thank you okay I love her Now, Sonia is someone who really has a balance going. She's my idol. Oh, and by the way, she's got an amazing fried rice recipe on her feed. It's so easy. I've done it a million times since. Thank you so much, Sonia. You can connect with me on Instagram at Mommy's Happy Hour. And if you know someone who would be interested in listening to today's episode, please share the show with them. I'd really appreciate it. And please leave us a review, which really helps spread the word and grow our listenership. I'll see you again in two weeks. Oh, 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 oh,